You are locked on Packers. I feel like we can run the table. Really Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Rodgers gets out. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Folks, Your team oh. every day. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation and Packer Report. I cover the NFL around the internet, and you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. Like us on Facebook, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked On Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet, and the show for fans who know what happened. They want to know why and how. Today, Today's episode is brought to you by Locked On NFL's preview. August 30th through September 8th, Locked On's ultimate season preview is taking you through every team in every division with the help of Odyssey's lineup of NFL experts. Follow the ultimate season preview 2021 feed on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts beginning August 30th. Expert Tuesday. What do you know about that? We have Expert Tuesday with Fox 11's Nicole Menner. She has been in Green Bay since May. She is new on the beat. She's the rookie. And uh, we're going to talk about her impressions of this team. She has been in the building. She has been on the field with the guys watching this all play out. And so we will get her insight coming up in just a little bit. That's where we're going to start, though. The roster, because the roster has changed. Some very weird things happened yesterday. And and they're not really that weird. That's the thing. But some surprising things happened. So this this change to the cutdown rules has thrown a wrench into the way that this all seems to play out. Um, we, we do get some of these surprise cuts when they go from 90 to 85 um, and when they go from 85 to 80, all that stuff. The Packers released Kamel Martin yesterday. And in, in a way, it's not surprising because, number one, he's been hurt for part of this camp. He was hurt for much of last season. And he did not look comfortable at all in this defense. Um, he had a, a disastrous game on Saturday. He had been uh, not mulling. He had been cross-training at outside linebacker. They were trying to find a way to get him on the field to use some of that athletic ability and unfortunately, it just never really showed up in a productive way for the Packers on the field. This is a guy who was drafted last year and was the most impressive linebacker in training camp last year. I mean, to a man, the players talked about how good he looked. And to be in this situation now is is truly startling. I mean, if, if he was such a quick study with no offseason and was just out there making plays... You would think that that would translate to this offseason where you have more time, you you have the full spring, and now you know, you're know you able to absorb all of this information and go out there and make plays. It, it, it seems hard for me to believe that the scheme change would be so disadvantageous to what he does well that that would be what's going on here. I, I can't make sense of it, to be honest, that, that he just is so much worse than he was a year ago. But based on on what we've seen on the field, I, I mean, I said this on Twitter, of the linebackers who have played in the preseason, he's no better than fifth among those guys. And Devondre Campbell hasn't even played yet. So if you're linebacker six, 
Uh, you know, in terms of off-ball linebackers, you're probably not going to make this team. So when when taken that way, it's just sort of like, well, that makes sense. Except that he was a draft pick. And he did have impressive moments last year in training camp. He did have some impressive moments. The Texans game last year when he had to come in and, and play on short notice and made a bunch of plays. I mean, it, it, it is crazy how fast this all fell apart for Kamel Martin. And, you know, I'm sure people are going to speculate about, okay, you know, was he was he not vaccinated? Is that part of the reason why this decision was made a little bit easier? But the reality for, for Martin is he was probably not going to survive the way he was playing that final 53 and Oren Burks, Ty Summers, they were core special teams guys and have been playing better. And, and Oren Burks, He's been he's been really solid in the preseason. Uh, Ty Summers has been solid, not flashed as much as Oren Burks, but but solid. And, and we've seen that movie before with with Ty Summers, also a draft pick. So now you've got definitely four. I mean, you're already fighting uphill, and then you know you have a little bit of a wild card element in here when when you look at the linebacker position because. You're getting Ray Wilborn, who's coming in, and he is flashing. They drafted Isaiah McDuffie, who they're probably going to hope they can sneak on the practice squad. But if you're going to keep five, Kamel Martin has not been one of the best five. So you keep, let's say you keep you keep uh, Ray Wilborn. He makes the roster for special teams, and Isaiah McDuffie is on the practice squad. You hope he can become something. That wasn't it. They were not done. Moving on from draft picks, they also traded Kadar Holman to the Texans. And Holman was someone who was running way behind. And again, this is a numbers game thing. Jair Alexander, Kevin King, Eric Stokes, Shannon Sullivan, Shamar Jean Charles. That's five already. KB on Ento is six, and they just traded for Isaac Yadam. Now, that's not a guarantee he's going to make the team because they traded a guy who looked like he was not going to make the team for Yadam. But that's at least six guys who are probably going to be on the team before you. So, again, in a vacuum, this is not a surprising move. But it is surprising because as a rookie, he did some impressive things. Was impressive in rookie camp, playing press man coverage. And Mike Patton, you know, spoke glowingly about him. And he was supposedly fighting for for real playing time. And then it just never came together for him. It's why we do have to be careful about making any sort of sweeping judgments about players early in their careers, early in preseason, early in training camp. Because just as quickly as it can seemingly coalesce, it can all fall apart. And we've seen this happen for players over the years, even guys who have had real, you know, legitimate NFL success. Robert Griffin III goes out and is rookie of the year, looks unbelievable, looks like he is going to make a paradigmatic change in the way quarterback is played. And then he gets hurt, comes back too soon, and is never, ever the same for, for a host of reasons, right? These things can change so fast. Josh Jackson. Man, do you remember Josh Jackson as a rookie? There was so much promise there. The pick six in preseason, the blocked punt against Minnesota. He was making plays. He was the most impressive rookie 
at corner that summer. It fell apart. So, you know, there's a lot of excitement around Eric Stokes. Just remember, it's early. Now, it's better than looking bad. You'd rather look good in camp and then in the games go, well, it didn't go so great. Then just be bad all the time. <laughs> being, being good early is a nice sign. It's just not proof of anything. And I think we have to be careful making some of these judgments. Oh, uh, you know, you're, you're getting all this great productivity from, from TJ Slayton. Okay, against backup offensive linemen. What is it going to look like when he's got to go in there and he's got to face? Okay, well, I tried to think of some really good interior offensive linemen in the division, and I, um, there aren't that many. So Frank Ragnow, the, the, the like the Lions, who cares? But you know, the, the the intensity and the skill and the quality is going to ratchet up. That matters. So while, you know, we, we just spent yesterday talking about some of these takeaways, just just understand the perspective of that the, these moves encapsulate. And that is just because someone looks good now or looks even just OK now doesn't mean they're going to go on to be, you know, impact players. I mean, it's the same with these quarterbacks. Zach Wilson looks really good on Saturday. It doesn't mean he's going to go on and be the guy in New York. Justin Fields has, has shown some nice things. Doesn't mean he's going to go on and be the guy. No, all these quarterbacks have star potential. I think all the guys who were first round picks, and I'm going to include Jordan Love in terms of the first time players, because it's the first time we've seen Jordan Love play a football game in the NFL, that, that debuted this preseason, all of them have star potential. Lawrence, Wilson, Lance, Fields, Jones, Love, they all have star potential. And who knows, maybe the 2021 class is the outlier class. Generally speaking, you're going to get one or two hits there and then another one or two guys who are serviceable and end up being backups, you know, spot starters, Ryan Fitzpatrick type players. Who knows? Maybe you get four or five stars. Maybe you get two, three stars. That even would be, you know, think about the 84, how we speak in glowing terms about that. Now you have, you know, some of the best ever in that class. But Trevor Lawrence, one of the best prospects ever at the position. Who knows? Who knows? Being good early is better than being bad. But as Kadar Holman and Camille Martin show, it's not enough. You have to be able to sustain that success. As Mike McCarthy would say, you have to be able to stack that success. And if if you can't, then it's, it's going to be a whole lot of nothing. It's going to be a whole lot of ink spilled over something that ultimately just didn't really matter. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. It's that time of year again, and all eyes are now turning to football as teams are back on the gridiron to start football season in the NFL and in college. So, as always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half million dollar NFL mega contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL survivor contest. Open now at Bet Online. Be sure to take advantage of their opening day super promo make a bet on the thursday night game the cowboys and the bucks and if you lose your wager will be refunded up to 25 dollars for new customers only when signing up and using the promo code nfl 100 sign up today and get that deposit bonus when you use the promo code locked on bet online your online sportsbook experts all right let's get to nicole menner you can follow her on twitter at n-i-c-o-l-e menner 
M-E-N-N-E-R, Nicole Menner. She is a sports reporter for Fox 11 in Green Bay. And she joins us now. Nicole, it is great to have you on Locked on Packers. Welcome. Hey, thank you for having me. Excited to be here. So you are a rookie on the beat. One of the reasons why I wanted to have you on, uh, you did not, I did not ask you to bring pistachios to the interview. Um, although I, I did think about it when you first got to green Bay and, and got to see the Packers practice, whether it was a player, whether it was a coach, whether it was, uh, something a little bit more esoteric, what stood out to you being there in person and seeing these guys? Yeah. Well, first of all, snacky. I love the pistachio comment because I just thought that was so funny. Um, I think, yeah, like covering an NFL team for the first time, there's so much to take in. So when I got here, it was kind of around OTAs. So obviously Rodgers wasn't there or anything, but there was, I mean, there's just so much to take in when you first get there. Um, I think just also like Green Bay really seems like a community where maybe more so than other NFL teams, based on what I've seen from other friends who cover teams, it seems like here you're like really up close to everyone. Like you're right there on the sidelines, you're close to them. You can kind of see everything. Um, but fast forwarding to training camp. I mean, yeah, I was in the room when Rogers did his press conference. That was my first experience being in the media auditorium. And it was the day Rogers spoke for the first time. So that was like a really surreal experience to me. And what was it like being in the room? I've talked to some people who have been there, but not on a podcast. So what was just, what was your experience of, of what it felt like to be there. Yeah. And I'm sure I had a similar experience even to the people who have been covering this team for a really long time, but it was almost just like you're holding your breath a little bit. Um, and you're almost like shocked at what you're hearing. Not that, you know, it was just because he was really spilling everything and was being so open. So I think just the, the question was so simple. I think it was just like, what was this all about for you? And then he went on for over six minutes. So it was, it was just, it was something that, You wanted to just kind of sit back and really take it in. Like you want to be live tweeting what's happening, but also I was just really trying to listen to what he said. And again, first experience being in that room with Rogers, it was, it was pretty crazy to be in there for it. As you got to know the team a little bit, you got to, you got to be there more and more and, and, you know, listen to coach LaFleur talk and, and some of the guys, then we get into training camp and that's when we get to really start to learn some things about these players. Um, you know, we, we, we've heard about you know, some of the guys who have, who have stood out a little bit. TJ Slayton is an enormous human person. <laughs> um, Juwan Winfrey has this really great OTAs. Obviously, there are these questions about Jordan Love. As, as training camp starts to ramp up, who are some of the players that stood out to you? Yeah, well, I'll say like right now, my eyes are kind of locked in on this wide receiver battle. And I think that's like the most intriguing position battle right now, because there's a few different ways they could go with it. Um, I guess, especially looking at the Jets game, you know, if you were to pick today, you'd say Malik Taylor might be wide receiver number six, but then you look at what Funches did against the Texans and how he stood out in practice. Obviously he's dealing with some injuries right now. So this coming Saturday against the bills, really important for him to play too, but that's something that's really stuck out to me. Um, Eric Stokes has been really fun to watch in camp. Josh Myers stepping into the role he's going to be in and the immediate impact that you're going to see some of these rookies having Kylan Hills, another one. Um, So I think those are guys that have kind of stuck out to me, whether it's been in practice or in camp. And then you look at the vets. I mean, watching Rogers and Devontae Adams in person is awesome. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, I was going to ask you about Rodgers because, you know, I was on a I was on a, a Fox Sports radio over the weekend and they asked me, you know, what is what has it been like since the press conference or since mm-hmm. Rodgers got to town? And what it seems so funny to me is it it looks to be and and it sounds like by all accounts, it's pretty much status quo that that it's pretty normal out there. And, and if anything, Rodgers is is sort of going out of his way to be more involved in coaching up Jordan Love, coaching up Kurt Benkert and making sure he's a part of, you know, every important discussion that's out there on the field. Yeah. And I said, I was saying this to a few people, like I haven't been here in the past, so I don't know what he's like during training camp, but he seems like he's having the best time out there. He always seems to have a smile on his face, whether he's on the field or on the sidelines kind of observing things. I think the day he had the veteran rest day, he was just kind of walking around, talking to everyone. He looks like he's just having fun out there. And then also those coaching moments you mentioned that are so valuable. And it's not even just with Love and Kurt Benkert. I've seen him pull Josh Myers over to the side multiple times, coaching him up and making sure he'll be ready to go week one against the Saints. So I don't, again, I can't compare it to anything, but he's happy to be here. And the narrative that we maybe heard during the off season, obviously, you know, you don't know until you see what he's like back here, but I mean, he, he very much wants to be here. He wants to play. He's a hundred percent committed to this team. So, um, yeah, again, it's been, it's been cool to see. It doesn't seem like there is any rust that that you thought might be associated okay no OTAs he's not out there he doesn't have some of the finer points of the offense Mm -hmm. they've made some tweaks and it is just tweaks this year versus last year and yet it seems like they really hit the ground running we can't talk about Aaron Rodgers Nicole and not talk about Jordan Love yeah So what have you seen? I know, you know, he missed some time, didn't get mm-hmm. those important um, uh, joint practice reps that that you really would have wanted yep. him to get. But, you know, you were you were there in OTAs when he was taking QB one kind of reps and having to handle himself like quarterback one, get in and out of the huddle, get everyone together. It seems like in in those moments, the players rallied around him, the coaches rallied around him and that he rose to the moment in a way. What have your impressions of Jordan Love been? Yeah, and as much as I'm sure everyone wanted Rodgers to be at OTAs in minicamp, I truly think that time was so valuable for Jordan Love. Every player we spoke to during those weeks said, Jordan seems to have really found his voice compared to last year. And I just I think that him getting those one reps back in June really helped him now with training camp. But it's it's intriguing because we have seen quarterback number two play half a preseason game. So you hope that he's healthy so we can see him against the Bills on Saturday because this is such a crucial time for him. Um, but yeah, I think it was funny how LaFleur after the Texans game said, "I what did he say? Something about let that suck sucker rip, I think he said. Yeah. <laughs> um, which, you know, I, I think we see Ben Kurt, we saw Ben Kurt let that sucker rip a little bit on Saturday. So no I doubt. Think I'd, like, I'd like to see a little bit of that from love, I think on Saturday against the bills, if he can play, I think people are looking forward to that, but I mean, he's, he was much more composed, honestly, than I thought he would be when he started last week against the Texans. And there's some things to clean up. It was half a preseason game. It's hard to judge um, a quarterback based on that half a game performance when we haven't seen much else of him other than at practice. But no, I mean, he looks like he's comfortable out there compared to things I've heard from last year. It looks like he's really made a lot of stride. So again, really hoping that he's healthy and good to go on Saturday. I know he's easing back into practice this week. Yeah. And, and I know, I know that there are a lot of people that want to, I talked about this on the podcast yesterday, 
you know, frame the Kurt Bankert performance through the lens of mm-hmm. Jordan Love and and compare those two. But it is hard to overstate the difference in situation for those two guys. Jordan Love is in a situation now where the star of the team and one of the stars of the NFL is mad because not not Jordan specifically, but mad because in part of a draft pick that accelerated the clock on Rogers departure from Green Bay. And he is potentially the next guy. Kurt Banker doesn't have that mm-hmm. same sort of pressure. He's able to go out and just let that sucker rip, right? Yep. And so I'm, I'm interested to, to hear you say that you were surprised by what you saw from Jordan Love. I was a little bit surprised as well. And, and I just, you know, from your standpoint, what, were, what was surprising to you, whether it was the poise, whether it was the accuracy, the footwork, what stood out to you? To me, it was mostly the poise, but you do, you raise a good point. There's a lot more on the line for Jordan Love than there is for Kurt Benkert. So again, as surprising as it was to see him poised and maybe not letting it rip a little bit more, there there is more pressure on him. I think we, you know, we have to say that because it's true. Um, but yeah, I mean, either way, he hadn't played in a football game in so long too. So you'd think that maybe would have played a little bit of a factor into it, but, um, I'm sure being out there in front of the crowd at family night may have helped if he had any nerves. He did admit he had some nerves, but how could he not? Yeah. How could you not have nerves in that situation? And another thing, all eyes were on him, not just here in Green Bay, like Mm -hmm. throughout the NFL, anyone who cares about football was watching him. So I think with all of that being considered, Aside from maybe a few cleanup spots from him, I think that um, overall, I, I thought it was a pretty solid performance from him. And again, really hoping to see him Saturday against the Bills. You are certainly not alone in that, Nicole. No doubt about it. I think Packer fans, the the, the team. I mean, we, we know the team would like to see him mm-hmm. get out there and and put some more stuff on tape so that they can clean it up if they have to. Uh, I, the, this is weird because... I I genuinely do not care about the outcomes of preseason games, Mm -hmm. but I will say there have been times and I know the Packers are playing like all of their backups. And in some cases they're starting games with backups to the backups out there. Mm -hmm. But what is your level of, of concern that they haven't really after the first quarter or two been, been competitive in these first two preseason games against two teams that we don't expect to be very good at all. Yeah, I mean, I agree. Like, it's a preseason game, so I'll never look at a preseason game. And for the most part, I'm not going to be concerned. I think it's more about focusing on, like, individual performances. And my takeaways from the preseason games were, I think you look at, like, the offensive line. We saw Royce Newman, obviously. He was a a person that was – all eyes were on him this past weekend. Um, So it's like I look at the individual performances more versus concerns of the team – as a whole, I think maybe there was some moments, there was a moment, one of the jets touchdowns, I forget if it was, I think it was in the third quarter. You could just see that the defense was on like a different page. And that was one of those collective moments where you're like, okay, pre-snap, like that's something that needs to be figured out. It's a teaching moment. But when you look at it as a whole, I don't really look at a loss as a big concern. It's more just like the individual performances. Um, And I thought there were a lot of people who proved that they deserve a spot on the roster. Yeah, and and that is that is the goal of of these preseason games. Um, as we as we push forward here, you mentioned the Bills on Saturday. There is always this balance for these teams to say, okay, there are some guys that that we want to see prove it, and there are going to be players on Saturday who play two three quarters who will not make this team just because that's the mm-hmm. that's the way this goes. But but jobs can be won or lost. At the same time, you don't want any of your important players 
to be injured or to, to risk injury, but you want to see Jordan Love. You want to see if Devin Funches can go. Mm-hmm. He's got to play. If Equinemius St. Brown can go, he's got to play. So who are a couple of players that you're going to have it, uh, your eye on to say, okay, this is this is their last chance to, to make their case to Matt LaFleur and Brian Gutekunst? Yeah, well, I'll say, like, I think the running back number three spot is pretty much a lock right now with Kylan Hill. So that's one that I feel like I might not be paying as much attention to this coming Saturday. You mentioned, like, Devin Funches needs to play this Saturday. Because if you asked me last week before um, before the Jets game, I would probably have said I can't picture them not keeping Devin Funches on the roster. But then Malik Taylor goes out and does what he does against the Jets and and Funches is hurt now and Funches is hurt. So it's like, that's crucial. Equinemius St. Brown is a guy too, who I feel like I haven't, I mean, I saw him in practice last week, but he's a guy that needs, needs game time as well. And it almost feels like he's getting slipped under the radar right now, just because it seems like Funches and Malik Taylor will be the ones competing for that sixth spot. Um, so I'll probably be paying the most attention to that. I think the O-line's always an intriguing situation, um, and I'm trying to do better, actually, about watching the O-line during games. Um, But I think that's intriguing. I think Royce Newman probably earned himself a pretty good shot with the right guard spot. Um, You know, we'll see what happens with Lucas Patrick. Ben Braden had some nice moments the other night. So I think that's one of the spots that I'm kind of intrigued with as well. But um, And then I guess you could even look at the corner situation. I, I don't know that we'll see much of Eric Stokes. I'm sure again on Saturday, he's, he seems to have maybe earned the starting role for the regular season. So that's also something that was, you know, it was fun to watch him go up against Corey Davis this past weekend, but um, he's someone that I think is a pretty safe bet that they're comfortable with where he is and he might ne- not necessarily need as much playing time. As we, as we also look forward to the regular season, and, and I know that that training camp and, and the exhibition games can be a, at times a bad harbinger of things to come. Mm-hmm. But from what you've seen, this is a, we know this is a talented roster. Um, do, you, do you see this team as capable of making the adjustments necessary to to come up in moments where they fell short last year, which is to say, do they have the capabilities um, whether it's from the the defensive coordinator, some of the players that they brought in to to take that next step and be a Super Bowl team rather than an NFC Championship also ran. I mean, I think so, and I think this is the year where it true. I mean, I know you can say in past years it's been Super Bowl or bust, but I, it feels like this year more so than ever is Super Bowl or bust just because of the whole last dance situation. And again, who knows what's going to happen with that? But it just seems like right now this is the year to do it, and it truly seems like they have the talent where they can do that. Um, you know, I think you look at some of the health of some of the guys. I'm curious to see when Bakhtiari will be able to come back. Now we have this question with Darius Smith. Hopefully he doesn't miss too much time. I know they said potentially week one. Um, but I think if this team is healthy, stays healthy, I think they really do have the pieces where they have the vets. And then they also have some really promising rookie talent where I, I do think that this could be the year where they can get over that NFC championship game hump um, and, and go all the way. And that's, that's the hope. If this is actually going to be Aaron Rodgers last year, again, who knows, but if they're going to, if they're going to cross that hump, this is the time to do it. 
All right, I want to thank Nicole for coming on the show. Great to talk to her and learn a little bit more about her and and where she comes from. And and uh, I, I think uh, we're going to be seeing a lot more of her. And and hopefully we do get to see her covering the Brewers and the Bucks and all kinds of of other cool stuff for her sake, especially, but also ours because. She, I really enjoyed that. She's pretty great. Um, this episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing number of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. So why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questions and wait while the other person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happened to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home or in your pocket. So why choose to spend 30%, 50%, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? Rockauto.com is a family business that's been serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck and write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Betting on the Packers doesn't have to be a guessing game. If you listen to the new Locked on Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling, get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favored picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow Locked on Bets brought to you by the betonline.ag friends of ours wherever you get podcasts. We are going to be back tomorrow. Zhao Yu Duin is back and uh, working on another interview coming up later in the week if we can swing it. It's the last preseason game and uh, Jordan Love was out there. That's good news. He's working his way back, did some individual drills um, and, and hopefully they can get him in some team drills before the weekend so that he can be ready to go on Saturday. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, you can do that. 920-341-3775 to always stay locked on Packers.